What's up everyone, Kevin Wagstaff here, another episode of Spector Spotlight. Today we have something we haven't done before. We have a home inspector and one of his top realtors in the office today. Uh, we have Andrew Sams, who was one of the very first users of Spectora and actually gave lots of good input from day one. Um, so he knows uh, Spectora from the early days. And Richie Averill, who is a, a thriving agent here in the Denver market, he works with the Knoll team. Uh, so they are a fun uh, dynamic between the two of them. Um, I think it's very informative how they met, how they've kind of grown their relationship, something I think all inspectors can relate to and learn from. So um, just hearing how they met, um, how the dynamic is, what they appreciate about each other uh, was something pretty unique and fun about this episode. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, let me know if you have ideas or um, what you want to hear on the podcast. I'm always looking for new and interesting guests people in and outside of our industry so feel free to shoot me an email if you have any ideas and i hope you enjoy the episode today thanks all right um today we have andrew sams and richie averill averill Averill? all right i knew i was gonna butcher that um (laughs) with us here at spectora headquarters um welcome guys thanks for joining us Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us in. Um, I told everyone a little bit about you guys in the intro, but um, I always like everyone to introduce themselves and kind of tell us where their business is based, how long they've been in business, uh, and what they do. So, Andrew, tell uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as Kevin mentioned, my name is Andrew Sams, and uh, own a uh, small and growing home inspection business here in the Denver metro area. Uh, Alpine Building Performance uh, started three years ago, and um, started off as a you know single inspector, a one-man show, and uh, um, have have built up a team uh, to now four of us, uh, including myself, um, and uh, just just loving every every second of it. And uh, you know I, I I have to say, and I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast already um, feels the same way and and, and knows this, but uh, I attribute much of my success to um, to Spectora and um, to you know everything you guys have done to to really help uh, run a smooth business and uh, you know deliver a good product. We appreciate that, man. And funny story, uh, Andrew was actually gosh, maybe in the first 20, 30, 40 customers of Spectora, and we actually met him in a small coffee shop about a mile from here. Um, in the very early days, and he just kind of got it from the beginning um, and saw the vision and kind of understood it and gave great feedback that actually helped inform some of the product. Um, but we kind of knew he was buttoned up enough to be you know, a killer inspection company and grow nicely. Um, so it's been fun to see that. Um, we'll get into some of the, what, what's played into that in a minute. Um, but Richie, we'll let you go next. Yeah, so I'm Richie Averill, and I'm the buyer specialist for the Knoll team at Madison Company Properties. And I've been in the business, this will be my fourth year. Um, And I wasn't licensed all that time, but I definitely have been in the business learning. Uh, But I have been uh, licensed for three and a half years now. And um, what was the other question? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's good. That's that's perfect. Um, Because you've been in the business a couple years, because I think that's important to note that you're representative of so many agents that get in the business, ramp up quickly, um, start doing good volume that all inspectors want to talk to. Yeah. Um, And so, and so you work for an actual physical office, right? Okay. That's going to come into play in a minute because I'm going to ask you about like inspectors wanting to do agent presentations and come into the office and bring you candy bowls and all crazy stuff like that. (laughs) Um, But how did you two connect and meet? That's 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 what everyone usually wants to know. Yeah. So that's a a very good story, I I think, um, because in my opinion, I'm sure Andrew would agree that our businesses kind of grew together. Um, it was my very first meeting at the Denver Metro Association of Realtors, and Andrew was there. We exchanged business cards, and then later on grabbed coffee, and the rest is history. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, become friends, and um, you know, I've I've worked with with Andrew and his team for quite a while now. Nice. Yeah. So association meeting. So you just showed up or were you presenting? Or I, I showed up. So, um, you know, it was funny. And this is where, you know, our paths have really aligned is that I, it was my first meeting as well there. And I knew that, uh, you know, I didn't know much about growing a home inspection business, but I'm a relationships guy. And I knew that 
Um, I wasn't going to get anything done sitting at home, you know, uh, and and not being out there meeting folks. So I went to the local, um, you know, the chapter meeting or the district meeting was closest to to my home at the time and uh, connected with Richie there. And and we, you know, stayed in touch and started working together. And and it's been fun because we've, you know, kind of grown together and we can be a sounding board, oh, yeah. um, you know, with each other's businesses. I love that angle. Um, there's a, another particular inspector up in Canada that I think of. He, he like is all about business growth and he does all of the like Grant Cardone stuff. And he's mm-hmm. always talking about how he can grow with agents instead of like, Hey, just give me some jobs, please. Yeah. I'm curious what the interaction was like, because I'm sure every inspector wants to get better at that initial introduction and when you when do you drop the sell line or do you even sell at all or is it just hey tell me about your business like what's that conversation like for you when you're shaking hands at an association meeting uh, so for me i mean you know i um i really value uh, good genuine relationships mm-hmm. and my um, sales approach and i do see this as i, I do see myself is being in the sales business. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a home inspector by, by trade, um, but I'm also, you know, running a business. And in order to, for me to inspect any homes, I have to, to sell in yeah. order to, um, to, to get the business. But um, my approach has always been, um, you know, m- moderately to low on the aggressive side. Right. Um, you know, with, with the angle of, um, I want to build a relationship for the long term and, mm-hmm. and not to be, you know, overly intrusive. So, you know, really more of, hey, I'd love to, you know, you know, I'm introducing myself, love to get to know you more and we'll see if it's a good fit because, yeah. you know, sometimes it's not even a good fit. So, um, and just kind of went from there. Love that. Yeah. And from my perspective, it really wasn't a, a sales kind of conversation at all. It was really um, just... To, to get to know you, it was both of our first meetings. That was kind of a conversation starter. Um, and one thing that I know that we have in common is we're both very big on relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, whenever I'm, and, and I think we'll talk more about this later, but if I'm looking to add someone onto my team, and I do that in air quotes because yes, we don't technically work for the same place, but the value of the inspector in the process is definitely part of that team. And we found out that we're both from the South. So that was a, a, oh, a nice. point that really kind of connected us. Um, and it was, it was all about growing that relationship and how we could support each other uh, versus, hey, you've got to give me your business. You've got to work <laughs> with me. It was never that hard. So it was like, let's get to know each other and see if it'd be a good fit for us to do business together. Uh, and I'll back up a little bit too. I think at the point in the process where I was at that time, you know, of course, you know, I was looking, looking to build the business, but I just wanted to learn more about the industry and about what was important to, to real estate agents, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like whether or not you would uh, choose to work with me, which I hope you would, but whether or not you choose to work with me, let's, let's grab a coffee and I want to learn more about what you do, what you're looking for in a good inspector, um, you know, the experiences you've had that have been good and bad. And then kind of take that back to the drawing board and see how to refine the product. Oh, I love that. And I think everyone that's listening should always have that curious approach. Like I think 30-year inspector should always be curious and thinking about how they could learn from any new agent instead of thinking they know it all. I think that's just, that's me on my soapbox. But um, So speaking of that, so your relationship-based approach, um, what other keys, um, you know, have played into your success because you're, you know, about to hire a fourth, maybe fifth person on your team and you've only been in business two years, two and a half? Uh, coming up on, uh, I've been in business three years. Okay. I've been doing this full time two and a half. That's huge. Um, and so I, I had a little bit of a, a runway before I left my previous uh, job to, to go out on, you know, go out on my own, so to speak. And yeah. that allowed me to get some of the, you know, the back end stuff built uh, so I could kind of hit the ground running when when that started, but I guess um, you know, kind of taking this way back, um, I have been a you know self-proclaimed housing nerd since I was <laughs> a little kid. I mean, I, um, this might sound like an exaggeration, but I was watching this old house when I was eight. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <that> show. <laughs> you know and, yeah. and, and Bob Vila, and like I just I love. 
the smell of fresh cut wood and you know I would um, you know while I was waiting in line uh, with my mom at the grocery store I was looking at blueprint you know <laughs> house plan books and stuff and so I've, I've this is something that uh, I didn't just kind of I mean I guess I found myself in this business but um, I, I certainly didn't just kind of stumble into this industry. You were meant for this. Yeah. You were meant for this. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, um, I guess kind of at the core, um, without going off on too much of a tangent, really at the center of it for me is that it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, and that is, I think, uh, reflected in what we provide as a service. And um, I think that really... Uh, you know, is is noticed by you know our clients. Um, you know, be that the agents that we work with, and then um, you know our, our direct you know customers as well. The, you know, yeah. home buyers in, in most yeah. cases, um, and they see that and they appreciate that. And I think you know we've we've seen a lot of organic growth and word of mouth. Um, you know, within offices. I mean, I know there's a, a couple um, agents I've, I've started working with, and quickly I'm you know. I and now my team are working with 75% of their, their agents um, in, a, in a pretty short amount of time. And so, um, you know, I think, I think that passion, uh, experience, uh, education, um, I, I went to school for um, building science and construction management, and I have a, a, a you know, for whatever it's worth, a four-year degree in, in building science. Mm-hmm. and. And that formal education helps as well. Um, so when I when I got into the business, I, I had a lot of background, a lot of experience, um, you know, and field experience as well in various facets of construction. But um, I think that's really you know kind of at the core. We love what yeah. we do. And we care about uh, our clients, and, and that's that's uh, recognized. You can't fake that kind of stuff. And I'll, I want to hear from your perspective how that impacts you. But I recall working with a couple different inspectors over the years. Where you know some of them just seem like a job, so it's just like cool. Let me get in and get out. Let me check all these boxes off and uh, give you the bare minimum. And then there was one or two where I'm like, wow, you really like dig this kind of stuff. Like you really care to explain extra and go the extra mile. And I, that's probably the kind of stuff that spreads word of mouth. Yeah. Oh, accurate. for sure. I've I've had I've been in some incredible inspections. I've been in some awful inspections <laughs> where the inspector doesn't even go out on the roof. He hands a business card over and says, call this other company to have your roof looked at. Yikes. Um, had another one that was nearly a 3,500 square foot home and the inspector completed that inspection in under two hours. Um, and it just seemed like there was a lot of uh, missed opportunities, a lot of things that weren't really looked at. Uh, but then I've been in incredible inspections. The very first inspection that Andrew did uh, for one of my clients, I'm surprised he still liked me after that because I think I asked him probably a million and one questions. Um, and what really came across was that passion that he, he talked about. Like yeah. you could tell that he really likes to teach. And at the end of that inspection, I was way more knowledgeable than a lot of my peers. Yeah. Um, and and so one thing that I think is very valuable for, for all agents in this partnership with an inspector is to make sure you go to those inspections. Um, you know, I know sometimes that's a big chunk of your day, um, but I go to every single inspection uh, for all of my clients because I feel like if I'm going to be writing an, an objection or writing something to the, to the seller saying, hey, here's what we found that was wrong and here's what we like to have fixed, it's easier for me to be that, that person to be able to write that clearly if I'm there. Huge. Um, and not only that, but it's so valuable to me to be able to learn throughout the inspection. Um, you know, here in in Colorado, we have very expensive soils, some worse in in other areas. And Andrew actually taught a class that I attended and it was mostly focused on that. Um, and, and now I have that conversation. Actually, the day that we had that class, I went out and showed a property and they started asking about cracks in the foundation. I was like, heck yes, I can answer these questions. Cool. Let me tell you about expansive soils. Yes. So I mean, I looked like the <laughs> expert and I had just learned more specifically what caused that to happen. Um, and, you know, depending on the type of crack, it may not be an issue. And so I feel like that brings additional value when I'm working with buyers because it's a cost for them to pay for an inspection. And if I could find major red flags and help them see that before going under contract and moving forward, I could save us all a lot of time, energy, and money at the end of that. Because there's, 
there's no need for them to get that property under contract, pay for an inspection just for it to fall out of contract and have to move to the next one. And so I, I feel like that relationship with the agent and the inspector is incredibly valued to both, both of their businesses. I love that. And that's such a real world application because we talk about CE a lot in this industry and like, oh, you got to teach CE and everyone just sees it as a box you check, you go in and talk about some fluff, but that's like a real topic that helps you educate your clients better, right? Yeah. Um, let's go back to that first inspection because it, it's funny when you talked about asking the questions because I was the same way. Um, I feel like I slowed them down by hours. That probably just came natural to you, I'm guessing, right, Andrew, to just mm -hmm. answer the questions and make sure they're taken care of because you knew you were making an impression. Sure. Right? Even sure. though it probably slowed you down, probably took longer. Sure. But like, how do you view that when, say, the client and the agent are like tapping, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew? Sure. No, that, that can be a tricky one, you know, and me and my team, we, we talk about that a lot because, um, you know, we're, um, we're a customer service business. We consider ourselves a customer service business as much as we do an inspection business. And so spending that time, uh, whether it's the, the buyer or the agent, uh, is really important to us, and that's something we, we feel strongly about. Um, even if it does throw us late and we don't get to eat lunch before our next inspection <laughs> or something, you know, because this, this is a really important, um, this is a really important transaction for them, yeah. you know. And so, um, you know, as, as far as those discussions during the inspection goes, that, that is tricky and, you know, it's, it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis, but I think we, we've, we've done, um, two things that um, help us out a little bit in that regard. One is when we're doing our kind of pre-inspection, um, you know, orientation or introduction of, you know, here's who we are, here's what we're here to do, um, and here's our process. Um, you know, if, if, if they're there at the start, um, you know, we'll essentially say, hey, you know, let us know now or during the inspection if you have any questions. Otherwise, we're going to be focused on performing your inspection and you know basically staying in the zone yep because um, we want to give you the best service we can you Love know? it. Um, and so that that usually will stave off you know 85 90 percent of, <laughs> yeah. of buyers that are going to follow you around yeah um, and then um, you know sometimes and, I, and I'm a talker so uh, it's not that I don't enjoy it you know if I didn't have <laughs> another inspection to get to or stuff to work on. I mean, I could stay there till the sun goes down, yeah. and, you know, talk and then, you know, we might not even be talking about houses at the end of the day or something yeah. like that. But, um, but so I, I have to regulate myself just as much as I do do the client. But um, I think setting that expectation, um, one, and then usually you don't get much pushback because they, they recognize that, that it, they don't want to distract you. Right. Um, so, and then two, if, if, you know, we don't get to lay that groundwork or if we do and, and someone's still, you know, consistently, you know, following or talking, um, you know, it's, it's tough for us to say sometimes because we're all overly polite is that, you know, we'll say, you know, I'm sorry, I've, I've you know, we're a little crunched on time or I, I, I'm going to have to leave here at a certain time. Let me, um, finish this up and then let's go over things because a lot of times too, I quickly learned that, you know, you might not have the answer until you've gone through the whole inspection. Right. You know, I might see something on one part of the home, um, that's a symptom of something going on in another part of the home. And I didn't, I, I couldn't give you the full picture until I was in the attic and said, Oh, this right. is what's going on. And we just wasted 15 minutes speculating and then I spooked them right. when I'm like, this actually isn't an issue. This was just an addition or something like that. Good point. You know? So, um, you know, I'm just trying to set the tone up front and yeah. then, um, um, you know, and then I, I, sometimes too, we'll even break it down and I'll say, you know what, let me, if I can tell they really want to be interactive or they're going to get bored, I'll say, let me do this section and then we'll do a quick recap on that section. That's good. Um, you know, and it keeps things fresh in my mind as well so like it uh, kind of depends love the approach um i want to get to a f kind of a fun topic because i we have other young inspectors in the network um and i want to hear how each of you overcome you both have baby faces you both you both <laughs> look like really really good looking young men but i want to hear how each of you have either come you know ran into that working with older agents or buyers and how you've kind of overcome 
the youth or the youth aspect. Sure. Um, you want to take sure, it? Sure, I, I can go ahead. Um, you know, <clears throat> still being relatively new um, in the business, I feel like I'm an expert in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I don't have the answer, I know who I can go to or where to, to find that information. Um, but it does happen where I've got a, a situation right now. I'm in a, um, I'm under contract on a property and the listing agent has been in the business over 25 years, mm-hmm. which she reminds me constantly. <laughs> and I, agents do that. I feel <laughs> that it's because she thinks that, you know, she's better at it than me. And I think on a daily basis that, wow, I'm way better at this than she is. <laughs> uh, and I think it's not pushing that notion of, oh, I've been in the business X number of years, but showing what you know. Um, I feel like that's the value that I've been bringing, especially to the, those clients that I'm representing in that transaction, um, because you know they told me numerous times, thank you so much for protecting us in this yeah. situation. Um, and so I, I, I honestly feel that regardless of how long you've been in the business, you've got to learn. I mean, no one becomes a, an inspector or a real estate agent and day one they know everything right. uh, or could answer any and every question. But just letting your, your client or the person you're working with know that, you know, I may not have that information right now, but I can get that for you and then make sure that you follow it up. Um, and I, I really haven't had, I mean, I've never once had a client ask me how long I've been in business. Nice. And I hear from some of my peers and my friends that are agents that are fairly new and they ask, you know, how do you overcome that? And I was like, well, no one's ever asked me. Oh, I think yeah. it's just because I show my value, I show my knowledge, and if I don't know, I get the answer for them. And I think that's one way to, to handle it. I like it. Have you ever had an older client show up on site, see Andrew, and be like, this guy doesn't have any gray hair. How's he know what's wrong with the house? <laughs> you know, have you had run into that or no? You know, I, <clears throat> I like to set expectations prior to showings, uh, or prior to inspections with clients. And... Uh, if if that client has chosen to work with Alpine Building Performance, I let them know that, hey, Andrew has a degree in building science, and I've called him a building nerd or house nerd numerous times, so I'm very happy that he, per- he yeah, personally said that out loud that. because it's I'll say it, and I'm like, I wonder if that's offensive. <laughs> but anyone on his team, when you're working with them, you can see the passion, and they're really good at what they do and are able to provide you answers, and if they don't know, they've got a wealth of resources they could tap in to get their information. So I always kind of set that expectation up front and that's one of the reasons that we do recommend them with with our buyers is simply because they they didn't just fall into this because they thought it was easy money, which right. I have had an inspector at an event stand up in front of a crowd and say that she started getting into this because she saw the type of money people were making in it and wanted oh to get gosh. into it. And that day I made sure that I would never ever work with her fail. or that company <laughs> Huge um, fail. simply Huge because fail. those are the wrong reasons. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're, I usually prep them prior to showing up, um, but I'm, I'm sure they do get there like, wow. It's really young too. Yeah. yeah, but setting expectations like that's—it sounds simple, but not easy or whatever. You know, however you say that, but I think inspectors are notoriously bad in some ways. Um, you know, some inspectors will write in or they'll call in and say, "Oh, the agent or client did this or that." Like, well, did you set their expectation that that would happen? Like, well, no. Can the software just do that? It's like, well, you can't do everything. Right. You can't speak for you. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. No. It's it's um, you know certainly. It's less on my mind now um, and every day as I move forward than it was when I first started right. um, in the business. And um, But it's still something I think about. And, you know, it's more of a fear than a reality um, that it's going to be a roadblock because uh, my work and my service speaks for itself. So, you know, fortunately, we've already kind of gone into an agreement together and I'm going to do their inspection. and. Yeah. I've got the opportunity to, you know, run the full course and deliver the product and deliver the service. And they go, oh, wow, you know, maybe in there, I've never had anyone say this to me, but, you know, if, if an older buyer, an older, you know, agent that maybe I'm working with for the first time goes, oof, you know, we're a little concerned. This guy looks looks to be on the younger side. I'm in my early 30s, um, but, um, you know, that's quickly overcome. You know, yep. once once I you know kind of open my mouth and spend time and go through the summary, and then they you know get this phenomenal report from this great technology company, <laughs> and, and you know they they all of a sudden um, 
uh, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of out the window. I will say um, that it, 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 I would be lying if, it, if, it, if I said it didn't help me that I have a formal education. Right. Um, I mean, I, I have, you know, uh, a degree in building science and engineering experience and, um, you know, over 10 years of experience in the construction, um, primarily residential, but construction and energy efficiency industries. I, um, you know, have just worked in so many different facets um, of the industry that I've, I've picked up a lot of good, you know, experience along the way. And then I... Um, was formerly a home energy auditor, uh, which I still am. Um, it's, it's a smaller percentage of our business, but uh, we, we do home energy audits okay. as well. Um, I was a home energy raider. So just, it's, it's a very comfortable arena for me. Um, and, and, I, and I honestly, I've, you know, I've had, I think there's another thing at play too, is that one, even though um, I am definitely on the younger side um, of, of, of this industry and just in general, uh, I think, you know, if you look at most of the demographic, and this may play truer in a, in a market like the Front Range of Colorado, most of the agents are in a similar demographic, and most of the buyers are in a similar demographic. Right. And so, you know, when, a, when another early, you know, early to mid-30s uh, client shows up to the home, they're not going to uh, maybe, you know, past judgment because you know they know that they're an expert in their field yep you know yep. and and they, they wouldn't want to be questioned about their level of knowledge and professionalism so um so yeah you should, it flows flows pretty well nice um but again i think it kind of gets back to that passion and you know just kind of commitment to what we do and overwhelming them with knowledge and you guys can't see andrew right now but every time we've met with him in person he's wearing a branded uh, polo or college shirt alpine building performance on it um, that's something I know on some of the other episodes we talked about of like taking your branding seriously, like taking your appearance seriously because those, all, those little things all add up to an agent and agents, agents notice everything, right? We do. <laughs> we, we do. I, I may notice things a little more. I'm, a, I'm pretty OCD about a lot of things, but, uh, yes, that was something that I noticed about Andrew as well. And I even asked him where he got his shirts because yeah. of that. So, uh, it definitely does. And it's there's no mistake in who's the inspector when a client shows up or an agent shows up or we've had sellers come home a little early a few times and there's <laughs> there's never a hesitation about who is running the inspection yeah and it just looks good it's professional agents um, are always I think really professional and aware of how they're you know putting themselves out there and so I think inspectors can learn a lot from that and kind of follow suit um, when we were talking before, Richie, you said you were on a, a panel for DMAR, Denver Metro Association of Realtors, yes. right? And yeah. it was uh, a panel on working with partners, right? Yeah. So it was a, yeah, it tell was us a little bit about that. It was a panel about working with industry partners. So lenders, insurance, title, mm -hmm. inspectors, etc. cetera. Um, and there were, I want to say six of us on the panel. I'm trying to visualize real quick, looking at who was there. And we had some uh, questions that were sent to us beforehand just mm -hmm. to get prepared, uh, but then also there, there were audience questions. And of course the audience, I would say is probably 95% industry partners. Most of them were oh, lenders wow. or title. Oh, wow. uh, there were a few other agents that showed up as well. And it, it was an industry partner presentation. Right. Uh, they put the event together. Wait, no home inspectors were there? There were... Couple. A couple, but maybe they're out doing inspections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've got a crazy market here in Colorado. Um, but <clears throat> it was it was really nice to have them ask in a panel format how we like to do business, what we look for in our partners, uh, and why we look for that. And then there was even a question about our pet peeves. Yeah. And that was the question that before I got there, I thought would take me the longest to answer because uh -huh. I had a nice long list of <laughs> let's, those industry partners. Let's pet get peeves. into it. Uh, and we've talked a lot about um, building relationships and that sort of thing. And it truly is, uh, and I, I, I feel like this is kind of a marketing thing that, you know, there are so many brands and everything out there were like hit all the time, like buy this, work with this. And I think people now really want to know the person behind that brand or the people that make it work. Um, and so one thing that kind of drives me crazy is whenever someone approaches me and is like, hey, let's grab coffee. I'd love to do business. 
I know nothing about you. I do enjoy coffee, but I'm not going to take your money because I could buy my own coffee. Right. Um, and it, it, it should be more of a conversation like, hey, I saw that you do X, Y, Z in, in your spare time. I also like to do that. Let's talk a little about that and then have a conversation and get to know each other a little bit more before trying to get into business. And so my, my strongest relationships with partners that I work with all started with the conversation. Sometimes I don't even talk about business in the very first conversation. Right. And it's because I know about them, I can find a way to relate that to the person I'm gonna refer them to, whether it be a lender to a new buyer uh, or an inspector to a buyer. I can kind of tell that story and before I even send them the list of inspectors, they're like, well, we want to hire Andrew. I'm like, well, I haven't even sent you the list. I'm going to send you at least three um, and you you reach out to them and do your homework and figure out like, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and schedule Andrew right. you know, as an example. Uh, and it's because they feel like they already know this person. Mm. Um, and so being able to answer those questions in a room full of um, industry partners and kind of share the perspective from the agent's point of view yeah. um, was pretty awesome. It was, it was a great cool. event. Very cool. Any, um, you mentioned things that you look for as a, on the positive side. What are, what are some of those things? And it can, it can be personal stuff, logistical, scheduling, demeanor. Um, what are some of those things you look for in potential partners? Uh, the things I look for, um, definitely honesty and trust. And of course, I don't know that you could ever look at a person and say, yes, I trust right. them. You've got to build that trust. Um, but first of all, I always look for someone that I know is going to give the best possible service. Mm -hmm. Our team is completely referral-based. Everyone we work with has been referred to us either by a past client, an agent in another state, an agent in another part of, the, of this state. Um, it's all referral-based. And so if we are going to recommend an inspector, uh, a general contractor, a painter, anything along those lines, we want to make sure that they're going to represent us, right. um, as well as provide the absolute best service with them. Um, and you know, if we know that people make mistakes, but if there's a huge mistake and it goes sideways with the client, that's the last time that we're going to make that recommendation. To and does, it, does that include like scheduling mistakes, like reschedules, cancellations, if someone doesn't show up on site, things like that? You know, timeliness is a, is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> uh, I know with the traffic that we have in Colorado, Andrew would probably sitting there thinking like, I'm pretty sure you were late to an once or twice. It happens. Yeah. Um, but that's where you make that call, that call and yeah. say, hey, i behind right. a wreck and I will be right there. GPS right. says I'll be there in 15 minutes. I mean, it's having that conversation instead of waiting and having no idea is this person going to show up? Did we schedule the wrong day? You know, what's going on? Um, you know, I used to be a hiring manager back in a former career and if someone scheduled um, if, or if I scheduled an interview with someone and they were late, done. usually I would just meet them at the door and say, hey, enjoy the rest of your day. And right. it, that might be a, a mean way of handling it, but if, if they don't show up to work on time, it's going to delay everyone. Right. Uh, and so I think it's just that communication piece that's important because I know things happen. Right. Um, we recently had to, to bump an inspection up. We had it scheduled at one point and then for whatever reason we needed to bump it mm -hmm. up. Well, that didn't work for the buyer because they weren't able to get off work that early. Um, but I said, no worries, I will be there. I will you know, definitely make sure that I'm taking notes, ask questions. Um, I, when I'm walking through a house and showing it to clients, I have a clipboard. Um, I take notes as I go through, and if they really love the house, and there might be a couple of things that aren't like major red flags, but might be something to look into, mm -hmm. I take those notes with me to the inspection. And then I bring nice. it up, say, hey, when we were looking at the house, we noticed these three things. Could you just make sure that you have a, a detailed look at those? Um, so I think communication is the most important thing. I mean, love it. I'm not going to write someone off completely because they made a, a small mistake or right. we're running late or something. Um, but you know, ultimately it's, it's the big picture of how this all works for the, the client. Cause at the end yeah. of the day, it's that experience that I really want to make sure that is good for them. Yeah. Do you, we talk about this in our, uh, me and Mike do marketing presentations to home inspectors, talking to them, how to communicate with agents. Yeah. Do you, do you text, email, phone call primarily with all your different partners? A little bit of both or a little bit of all three or what's It's a little bit of, of all. Um, some of my younger uh, clients or uh, partners rather um, prefer to, to text. Mm -hmm. um, 
It really just depends. I, the way that I set it up, and I do the same thing with, with clients, is how do you like to be best communicated with? Yep. Um, because I'm flexible. I, I'm a little old school, even though I do have a baby face. As you said, I have quite a bit of gray hair. And a, a client pointed that out not too long ago. And, and you did say the word clipboard earlier. So yes. I was like, huh, oh, hey, this is a clipboard. That's it's old school. It's a storage clipboard, though. I could store things inside of it. It's, and it's blue. So, I mean, it's a little okay. trendy. Kind of trendy. Um, but, yes, I, I am a little old school. I take yeah. a handwritten. I write out handwritten notes. I take notes by hand sometimes because even though I could type faster, it's just easier for me to have the paper and I got my information right there. Some studies show comprehension's higher when you handwrite. Yes. My brother told me that. It might have been a bogus stat or a study. I've, I feel like I've heard that a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, me personally, uh, I spend enough time on a screen as it is. I've, yeah. I'm, you know, jumping at the opportunity to use paper right, if I right. can just to change and it And a good up. pen. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I do enjoy a phone call. Sometimes, yeah. I actually had a client joke with me about this a few weeks ago. Um, her husband said, you know, you guys could have just cleared this up in a three minute conversation and you've been texting for 30 minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that's right. We I could have definitely that. been on the phone and had this figured out and very quickly, but yet, yeah, the conversation, but the client sent me a text and I responded with the text. Um, but usually if I need to talk to them on the phone, I'll send a text, but hey, do you have time to chat on the phone? Yeah. Um, because if it's something that's really important, I don't want to get mixed up by texting back and forth. Right. Um, and you can't really read tone in email or text. Um, and so sometimes if it's a very serious situation, I want to make sure that I'm able to convey it properly. Um, so it really just depends. But I do ask people like how they like to... to to communicate. That's the biggest takeaway I think for inspectors that they can learn to do better is asking people how they prefer to communicate. Right. It's a simple question. Most mm -hmm. don't ask it. Um, yeah. And that's, and I, I'll say on that note, you know, this kind of brings up a good topic is that's one of the biggest challenges that I've had running this business is the various forms of communication because, um, I, I don't know where I, I read this or heard this in the past, but, um, you know, someone was saying to, to build a business, um, you start out doing it in an unscalable fashion. Yep. You know, and I, I can't remember, and I probably botched that, but you know, it's you're providing such a high level of service that um, you know you're you're really building that um, just you know top tier customer service. And as we've grown, you know, now I'm going through this transition of okay, how can we mechanize and streamline and organize things more so that I'm not texting an agent at 11 p.m., <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. or it's Sunday and, you know, got personal or family time and, you know, I'm, I feel obligated right. because of the situation and, you know, kind of creating boundaries and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, is, I don't know why they haven't created a function in text messaging where you can mark it as unread. Like I don't understand email. that. I still yeah. swipe left and right looking yeah. for it. Yeah. I keep thinking I'm missing it. I'm yeah. like, Apple surely has thought of this. <laughs> there has to be a mark as unread, you know, because that's the, I feel like that's one of the biggest difficulties being an inspector. <laughs> What's the downside to it? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 it's tough as, um, well, it's, it's tough for a single inspector. It's tough for a multi-inspector just keeping up with the volume. You know, I have, I have a, a good friend of mine as a, as a contractor and he does larger contracts at a lower volume. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, you know, he's obviously got his own stresses and uh, pain points and, you know, business isn't easy, but I sometimes envy the, the low volume that he has to deal with and, you know, these more relaxed timelines, but, um, you know, in real estate, everything's moving so quickly. Right. Um, and so, you know, you, you get that text and you, you need to respond and, and, and then you get a Facebook messenger, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then you get, a, and then someone schedules through Spectora online and I'm just, you know, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And which, you know, that's great. Obviously that was one of the biggest improvements we've had to operations. Um, and that allowed me to, um, and I will say, you know, not um, to plug Spectora here unabashedly, I mean, you know, what this software has allowed me to do was to, to be able to grow the business so much larger with still running a really lean operation. Nice. You know, I was able to, to do a, almost an arguably to anyone that's close to me, uh, an unreasonable amount of work uh, just by myself. 
you know, and, and we, we finally brought on an admin, Natalie, and she's phenomenal, and I don't even know how we functioned before she came on, but... <laughs> We're guess, all just winging it. We're yeah, all winging it. We're all it. just winging it. Um, but to kind of get back to it, I think that's uh, something, you know, it's important. I'm sure a lot of inspectors share this, this pain point is that you, you've got... Um, so many different lines of communication. You know, you have uh, the agent that prefers email. You have the agent that prefers a phone call. You have the agent that prefers text. You have the agent that uses Instagram. Yeah. You have the agent that schedules online. And and I want to respect all of those, you know, because that's kind of that, like, unscalable customer service. But we have tried to, to migrate some of our um, uh, agent base over to, like, the online scheduler, for right. example. Um, and that's just been a game changer, but, uh, nice. you know, do it delicately and respectfully and, yeah. and because, you know, I, I think one of the most important things of a philosophy of mine is that, um, we want to make the agent's experience as easy and streamlined as possible. Um, you know, cause, uh, like we all do, we've got a lot going on and you know, the, the, the easier we can make your life you know, the, the, the happier you are with our service. Yeah. You nailed that. I mean, that's a key point we always tell inspectors to hit on when they talk with agents is like, how can we help you? How can we make your life easier? Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned something that made me think of a recent uh, Tim Ferriss episode. It's to Derek Sivers where he says, when you're new in anything, you say yes to everything because mm-hmm. you just want to build those relationships. Totally. They said there's that crossover point where you have to start saying no to things. Yeah. And that's hard when, it, when you think like, oh man, this agent may not work with me anymore if I yeah. say no that can wait till tomorrow but hopefully you've built the trust right by exactly. saying yes and executing over time and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I imagine once the trust is built yeah. you wouldn't take offense to someone saying hey just so we can get a little more family life back we're going to scale back our hours no or I've very recently just started saying no <laughs> so I would respect that 100% yeah. Because I've, I've always been that person that if someone sends me a message, an email, a text, like I've got to jump on it right away. Um, and that's just not really a way to live life or business. Uh, and someone recently, well, I, f- I feel like I've heard this numerous times, but it finally clicked in my head that um, you don't go to your doctor's office and demand to be seen right then. Like you call and they will find a time that's open in the schedule and you set the appointment. And, you know, I'm, I know that I'm not saving lives, but I feel like we do change lives. We help people, yep. you know, buy probably the biggest asset that they'll ever have uh, and someone that they're going to make home. And if we set the expectation up front, like, hey, I operate from the hours of this to this. I mean, I've started writing into my um, contracts that the day, so the day ends, all business basically is finished by 7 p.m. That way, buyers, sellers, and agents can have family time, have dinner, yeah. and not have to worry about trying to negotiate an inspection objection at midnight. Oh, I've done it before, and it's... Yeah, yeah. and so it's a life changer to, to kind of set those expectations, and I've finally said no to a few things or rescheduled stuff to a more convenient time, and, and no one's really, like, gotten upset. I haven't lost business over yeah. it. Life still happens, and, you know, things are great, so... I respect that if someone is able yeah. to set the boundaries. And there are times where I I might be driving home or, or leaving the office and not really pay attention to what time it is. And it's really like seven, eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And I'll shoot a text message over someone and I'm like, ooh, it's late. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, hopefully they'll just respond whenever they, whenever they get a chance. Yeah. Um, and I try not to do that. I try to respect people's time, but I don't get upset or offended if I don't get a quick response. Yeah. I mean, you sound like a dream agent to work with from an inspector perspective. So this may not be representative of some of the agents that some of y'all work I with out there. I am a dream there. agent for everyone, <laughs> inspectors, buyers, sellers, whoever. I know there's more uh, challenging partners to work with that are a little totally. more demanding. Um, I don't know if you can even speak to, you know, the difference of agent personalities yeah. that you have to juggle. You know, that's... Um as I've looked to build this team, um, you know, I'm really looking for a strong emotional intelligence factor as well with my inspectors because reading people um, is extremely important, uh, both, uh, you know, agent and client buyer. Um, and really, you know, not, not changing who you authentically are, but tailoring your pitch and yeah. your message and, um, you know, you, you should be able to, to tell pretty quickly who you're working with. Yeah. You know, is, is this client an engineer? Are they a first-time home buyer that is in 
tech and doesn't even know what a water heater looks like or yep. something like that. No offense to tech. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's Mike. He, uh, I don't think he knew how to change his furnace filter yeah. when, uh, when he bought his house. Totally. Um, you know, so that's, um, that's something we try to get ahead of the ball on. And, and actually we will um, share you know, in between us, um, as inspectors, you know, the personalities of the agent they may be going into work with. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're like, you know, just so you know, this, this is, you know, their demeanor. Um, don't be offended if they're, you know, very stoic, you know, uh, look on their face. Okay. So you guys have those conversations the mm -hmm. day before or Mm -hmm. the night before, do you put notes in? Uh, we put notes in, um, and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, there's so many different styles out there because it's a, it's a people business. And mm-hmm. so you're working with so many different types of people. You're, you're bound to, if you're doing enough work, to work with the entire spectrum. Yeah. You know, and so you have to, to be able to, um, you know, obviously hold your ground and be a, 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 a scrupulous and uh, an inspector with a lot of integrity. And you're still going to report the same and all that, but just your delivery. And does this person want to make some small talk or do they just want to get straight to business? Yeah. You know, or are they going to show up in the middle of the inspection? Or are they going to be there the whole time? And, you know, and so... Um, that's something we that we're really focused on as part of that kind of concierge type service. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I feel like I completely trailed off and I kind of lost track of it. Hey, <laughs> Dude, that's what happens. That's what podcasts are for. Um, yeah. I mean, you're just underscoring another huge point that everyone in our industry needs to constantly remind themselves of is that this is a people business. This is a customer service business. Mm-hmm. And emotional intelligence is kind of the new sales or the new service sure um you're no longer just a guy with a hard hat and you guys never wore hard hats all the stock photos of inspectors they yeah. wear hard hats <laughs> and it's so dumb i was like I, i've never seen an inspector with a hard hat on um i don't even know why i said that but but yeah you're not just there with a check uh, you know a bunch of check boxes that you just check off and you leave it's like so much more of a personal dynamic totally. um totally. you mentioned looking for inspectors with emotional intelligence so with hiring how was that for the first time thinking Oh crap! I gotta actually like oh, put out an ad and interview people and evaluate them. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I still am every time yeah. we hire. I mean, uh, you know, I've, 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 well, I'll back up. You know, I think I started this business solo and ran it solo for the first year and a half and developed really strong relationships and. Um, was in control and I'm, you know, admittedly kind of a control freak and OCD, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I want to see things done a certain way and I've kind of got my, you know, formula for how I do things and, um, you know, how I answer the phone and how I present myself when I first meet the clients and how I wrap up an inspection and all all those things. And so um, I guess I could have just summarized that by saying I have high standards, but um, I was terrified to, to, to relinquish those um, responsibilities. And the thing is where, you know, it's like this in, in many industries, but, you know, this, um, this industry is, is kind of fascinating in the sense that you have um, kind of two skill sets that are needed, I feel like, for a good inspector. You have the, the strong technical aptitude as being a good home inspector, which yep. is obviously a very important element yep. of the business. And then you have this, you know, interpersonal skills, customer service, yeah. emotional, you know, quotient kind of thing um, as well. And so um, usually those uh, skill sets, in my experience, in the in the trades don't really go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, the Venn diagram of those <laughs> yeah. is like very, it's very like, small. Yeah. It's very small. But with that being said, you know, you're, like you said, you know, I'm a visual god, so the Venn diagram, there's very little overlap with right. those two skills, but it does exist. Yeah. You know, there, there are, there are, you know, there, there is that combination. Um, and I know I, I, I listen to your, your podcast, um, big fan, big fan. Nice. Of nice. Well. Yeah. I, if you haven't listened to the um, Chuck Blakeman one, he's huge on talking about, I don't mean to get off track here, sure. but you mentioned uh, processes and everything that's in your head. He's talking about when you scale, if you ever want your life back, is like documenting sure. these things, get them out of your brain to teach someone sure. to actually carry that out. But anyway. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a, a book at the moment um, 
Clockwork. Um, mm, it recently came out, Michael McCallowitz, I, I believe, but it's basically designing your business to run without you. And I'm not trying to leave, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, getting your life back, yeah. you know, and can I leave for a weekend and go off the grid on a backpacking trip and, you know, things don't just burn. Right <laughs> yep. That's the goal. That you should know. be what a business <laughs> goal is. And so, um, so, you know, I, I guess I consider myself uh, fortunate and, you know, lucky. And then also, you know, I, I think a, a part of it is I really put a lot of intention into finding good or into finding good employees. Um, but, you know, I, I really, I feel like I lucked out with, with, uh, with the first inspector that I brought on and I realized the magnitude. I was like, this is incredibly important because it's basically going from, you know, even though I was operating as Alpine Building Performance, the company, it was just Andrew Sam's home inspections <laughs> in reality. Yeah, yeah, you know? yep. And so I've built all these relationships and now I'm going, and, and I think, you know, I want to stress this because I'm sure a lot of uh, your listeners are maybe on the fence um, as, you know, do I stay a one-man shop or do I grow into a right. multi-firm? And I always knew that I wanted to go because I love this and I want to do this and this is my, you know, uh, passion and it's what I, you know, consider my career now. So I'm in it for the long run. Um, but that transition was, was uh, really tricky because I was having to slowly kind of, you know, I was, I was entrusting someone else to provide the same level of service um, and, and do things in a, you know, with, still with their own personality um, but uh, still do them and perform, you know, the Alpine building performance yeah. product. Right. And, and so I um, am continually on a process improvement, um, you know, uh, journey, how to mechanize things and all that. But that was kind of my first, you know, transfer of information. Like, okay, this is how this should be done. This is how the, and whether you get, you know, my report or Owen's report or Lawrence's report, they're all going to essentially be the same product. Right. You know, and, and you're, you're going to have different, you know, personalities to a degree, but you're still getting the same level of service, the same, you know, all of that. And so, um, I, um, I posted an ad and I interviewed about eight different people and um, I had a couple contenders, but one I just had a really good gut feeling about and that's who I went with and he's just been phenomenal. Nice. And I felt like that was such an important step to be able to go from one to two. It, it felt like a phase change in chemistry, like it was going from liquid to ice or something. <laughs> yeah. you know, it wasn't just a, you know, it was like an exponential amount of stress yeah. and work to, to kind of, um, you know, do that. And then I, you know, we, we built trust as we grew where they're like, okay, you clearly had good judgment who you hired. Um, and I think that made, you know, the second inspector I brought on even easier to introduce because they're like, well, you did a good job the last time. Right. You know, now we trust the two of you. Now we can trust the three of you. Right. And I feel like we're building momentum. And um, we uh, just interviewed um, another inspector yesterday who I'm very excited about. And um, we all got, we got the team together too because I'm really big on us working as a team. Yeah. Um, and I refer to them as my team and not employees. And we're all in this together. And, I mean, we love what we do, so we geek yeah. out. You know, oh, check this out. Yeah. Check that out. You, just, you never believe what I saw today, yeah. you know. And, um, and so I wanted to, I wanted to make sure it was a good fit culturally, and and um, and it was. And so, um, and I, you know, I'm like, it, they're few and far between, but they're out there, yeah. you know. And so, um, but you know, just because um, I've found three good inspectors doesn't mean finding a force is going to be any easier. It could be tough. It could you know, take longer. It could be tough. Yeah. And, and I think a big thing for us, because we are so focused on our product and the quality, is that we're not going to grow at the expense of quality. Right. So, you know, if we, if we have to sit at four inspectors, including myself, for the next two years, we'll do it. Yeah. You know, because we're not going to jeopardize and, and grow and just bring on, you know, mediocre great mentality you'd rather be bursting at the seams and have talented people that you can you know stretch thin if you need to sure um 
you mentioned something that I want to bounce off you um, before it leaves my mind, like standardization of the reports, no matter who's doing it and mm-hmm. the personality and the delivery. Um, because I know inspectors geek out over templates, over that, you know, little check boxes here and there. And some have agents that are very particular about how the report looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to scale out and ask you at the end of the day, how important is like the report itself, the way it's laid out, formatted versus like the emotion that the buyer feels and how it's conveyed verbally. Like, I don't even know if that's a good question. I'm trying to just distill from an agent's perspective how important the different aspects are. Well, I'll tell you that the first time I ever saw the Spector report, I was blown away. Like at that point, because the first time I saw it was with Andrew, I'm like, wow, he's got this awesome report. Like, where did this come from? And then I learned that he told me a little bit more about Spectora. And I'm seeing other companies that are also using it now as well. Um, but it's, it's phenomenal. Um, what I was used to prior to that was an inspector that would bring a, a very old laptop. Like, it probably weighed 30 pounds. <laughs> very old laptop. I've seen those. A printer. And would type it all up and print it out. And you put it in a binder, but then you're flipping through pages to try to find it. Um, and trying to write an objection, um, and I'm sure you have listeners from lots of other states mm-hmm. possibly, and that's called something different in other places, yeah. but you know, here we write this inspection objection saying, hey, we're putting you on notice, here are the things that we would like to have addressed, um, and let's try to move forward with this. And I can write those so much faster now because the way that we kind of do it on our team is what was observed, mm-hmm. why is it important to be addressed, and what do you want the seller to do about it? And so I can literally sometimes copy and paste right yes. from the report and paste it into the objection and then just add a few other things like seller shall provide receipts prior to closing, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. So the ability to be able to write those so fast and, you know, Andrew mentioned that on, on his team, they've standardized it where no matter which, which inspector you have, the reports are pretty much the same. Uh, you know, Lawrence recently did an, an inspection for uh, one of my buyers, and if I wouldn't have met Lawrence on site and knew that he was actually the one doing it, I would have thought Andrew was there doing yeah. the inspection. I mean, their hands are even very similar <laughs> in the pictures when they're, when they're pointing things out, and that's really the magic of the report is that everything that came up as something that possibly needs to be addressed or definitely needs to be addressed is right there. It's mm-hmm. color coded. It's easy to access. Uh, and then when I send the report over to the listing agent, I actually put in parentheses after each section, I write home inspection report section and I do like 3.1.2 or wherever it is right. in the report. So that when I'm sending it over, if they have any questions, concerns about like, where did you get this information? It's listed right there. All you have to do is, and the report's provided, go to the report, find that section, and you can see exactly what the problem is. Yeah. Um, since using or, or leveraging the Spectora reports, it's rare that anything gets pushed back. Um, mm. And of course, you know, we always coach, I mean, my entire team, we always coach our buyers to be realistic. You know, what is something that's a major concern, whether it be health, structure, safety, uh, and what are some things that you're probably going to find in any house um, that would need to be taken care of and something that you would do routinely anyway? Yeah. Uh, and so with those expectations in the report, it's, it's pretty much magical what could happen nice. uh, through that negotiation back and forth. So. Um, as Andrew said, we're not trying to plug Spectora, but uh, yeah. that's just one of the great things that I think you guys do so well, um, is this definitely made my life easier. And I, I think if you're probably put, creating this this software, you're trying to make an inspector's life easier, which then in turn makes the agent's life easier. And I think that's what you guys are doing. Very nice. Yeah, that was definitely part of the vision with me having been an agent that looked at those PDFs yeah. and scrolled through them and tried to copy and paste and the inspection objection. It was a nightmare and it just took longer than it should have, you know, I just kind of dreaded it. Um, But no, we really appreciate that feedback. I'm curious, another question for you, and we have a couple minutes here and we'll wrap up. Setting those expectations with buyers and kind of coaching them on, hey, there's going to be a couple major things. Maybe it's what we can ask for. Do you notice when inspectors kind of echo that same voice as they're talking to clients? Is that something you're like aware of as of how they tee it up when they're talking to the clients about it? Definitely. Um, and that's that I think is the importance of being um, 
more mindful and paying very close attention. We always tell our clients, like when we're showing you a house, you figure out where you're going to put the sofa, where the kids are going to hang out, where the playroom's going to be. You figure out how you're going to live in the house. We will look and see if we see any major concerns with the roof, with the foundation, um, with plumbing or whatever it might be. Let's see if we can figure out the age of the water heater before we even yeah. go into this. Um, and then of course, once we get to the inspection, um, it's really not a surprise as to what yeah. might come up on the inspection. And that actually, that specific thing just happened um, this week with an inspection that we had. When we went through the house, we looked at it twice, which is something new in this market because before, if you didn't make a decision before leaving the house it's and write the offer in the parking of the driveway, you're not getting it. It's gone. Um, but now buyers have more time to think about it, spend more time in the home, and sometimes even go back and look at it a second time. And, you know, I took notes as we went through both times and there wasn't a single thing that came up on the inspection that we didn't already talk about before yes. um, writing the offer. Um, so I, I think that really kind of makes a great experience for everyone. Like there's no major red flags unless you've gone through all this trouble, some, you know, put in earnest money, all that good stuff. Um, and when a, a buyer and seller are trying to negotiate what will be repaired, it's easier for them to make some concessions. Like if they want, for example, just because it happened very recently, you know, they're like, hey, we want you to replace the water heater and the AC. And the seller is like, no, nah. you got <laughs> 10 grand off the asking yeah. price. Like we're not going to do that. Um, and the buyer's like, okay, well, we'll move forward. Uh, and I think just doing that legwork, that additional time um, up front definitely saves the deal saves time in the end. Right on. Uh, I want to ask each of you one final question. I always like asking everyone this. Um, if and we'll tailor it for you a little differently. If you were to give uh, you know inspectors that are wanting to connect with more agents, win over more agents, <clears throat> get into more offices, um, what advice would you give them? And this can be face to face interaction, digital, um, how they do their inspections. What I think I think face to face would would be best. Um, you know, I'm only a millennial by birth date. I do not identify <laughs> as millennial. I, I, this is how I socialize. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's work for me to get on social media. Uh -huh. um, and I just do it because I have to. And that's the only time I talk to my mom, uh, cause she likes to spend time on Facebook. Um, but I think for an inspector that wants to grow their business, go to where your clients are. So if you want to work with more agents, go to where the agents are. Uh, whether that be a networking event, whether that be um, teach a CE class or go to the associations, um, you know, go to where your audience is going to be and make a connection. Uh, you know, ironically, I, I went to an Arvada Young Professionals meeting and mm -hmm. as soon as I opened the, or walked through the door, I hear a voice that's very familiar. I look up and there's Andrew. I'm like, you, <laughs> you go to where the people are and you know, that's how you grow your business. Don't go to these events or call and text and, and harass, for lack of better word, yeah. uh, agents just to push business. Um, you know, it, I don't think inspectors are created equal. I mean, they mm -hmm. kind of do the same thing, but you know, there some do way better than others. Yep. Uh, so yep. they're not all created equal and some do it for the right reasons and some just want to do it because they think it's an easy thing to do. Right which I don't want to be on a roof 95, 100 degrees outside. Yep. Uh, I'm sitting in the air conditioner while they're up there. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, you have to love what you do. And so I, I think just being able to show that passion, that care, and then being there to make that connection is really the best way to grow a business. I think that's really the best way to grow any business. Any business, right? right. Great advice, great advice. And similarly, what would you, um, you know, tell an inspector in that was in your shoes maybe a year, year and a half ago, kind of, Growing hot market, sure to get oh, to that next level. So many things. Um, I feel like we could go into an hour or two <laughs> here. Um, so you know, I think kind of drawing back on what I mentioned earlier. You know, one um, at at the core, just to assess whether or not this is really what you want to do, um, because you know, you know, there, there it can be a lucrative business, and I, I know a lot of people get into it for that reason. Um, and it's not the right reason, you know, of course, we're all looking to, you know, support our lives and our families yeah. and all that, but, um, you need to have kind of a deeper purpose and cause first of all. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, let's assume that, that you do have that and you're, you're trying to build your business. Um, I think one, having a long-term approach, 
Um, and that, that really helps with the relationship building. And it's been really fun for me to see uh, how things transpire over time. You know, where I, um, you know, I kind of have a target of who I want to work with. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll work with, you know, any agent or <laughs> right. any client, you know. But, of course, you know, you've got, you know, your agents that I feel like, wow, our, our branding would really align. Or, um, you know, you're, you're a really high producer and it would be great to partner up. Um, and I've seen, you know, over the past few years where that persistence, that non- obnoxious persistence <laughs> of, you know, true relationship building yeah. ends up paying off and you know there's there's a team I work with now and they're they're a really heavy hitting team here in the front range uh, in the Denver metro area and um, you know we uh, built a relationship casually and slowly over one and a half to two years and then now we you know uh, work together on an almost weekly basis you know and so it, it's you know you Richie mentioned the uh, a, a chamber meeting we ran into each other recently. Um, I just joined because I'm, I'm usually so involved with the uh, Realtor Association, mm-hmm. which would that would be a big big starting point is join your local yeah. uh, Realtor Association. You know, we we are fortunate as inspectors; we have a very targeted market, um, which is real estate agents. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard some other inspectors go, "Well, you know, too, we would want to market to just the general." public and all that and you know great but it you know energy is better spent going towards um you know the the folks that can drive your referral business we always tell everyone phase two should be digital and getting that client direct business phase one should be all in on agents totally and and one thing i've found on that note um is that when an agent refers us as along with one or two other agents our social media and internet presence helps us win that job yeah you know it didn't yep. necessarily it wasn't the origin of of the client but it was yeah, i mean i've had people say like oh wow we're really impressed with your website yeah. or you know we were impressed with your you know uh you know kind of digital or social uh, presence it takes so, it home yeah it, you know, it, it takes it home yeah it just <clears throat> kind of seals the deal so um, but I think, you know, it's, it's those relationships, um, it's being in it for the right reasons, um, genuine, trustworthy, and, and really, you know, taking the time because you'll, you'll, I mean, I, I think the thing that, you know, if, if you interviewed everyone that we've worked with or look at our, um, you know, our Google reviews, you'd see that, wow, these guys just really cared about us and they took their time and, you know, we're very comfortable now with the buying process and and that is going to over the long run, I think, you know, really build a good book of business. I love it. Makes sense. You can't fake that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Can't and it's not scalable and that's why. Because yeah. <laughs> it takes time. I love it. Well guys, thank you so much. This has been fun. We've yeah. never had an inspector agent combo. Totally. Let great. alone in the office. So this is awesome. Yeah, thank um, you. I'm really excited. I'll link to both of where people can find you guys in the description, um, link to whatever else and how they can contact you. Um, sometimes people have questions or want to just network. So Yeah, if anyone's got any questions, definitely uh, I tell it to buyers and agents and I'd say it to other inspectors too. Let us know. Yeah, and if there's any Denver home buyers listening, we'll leave Richie's info and you can hit them up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you.